0: To another edition of LGBT in the Ring, your rainbow bastion for all things pro wrestling. I am your host, Brian Bell, here with you once again on the Outsports Podcast Network, and it has finally come. The time has finally come. Uh, we've had months of secrecy and months of build-up, and finally, this past Sunday on March 28th over on IWTV, we saw the debut. Of the Cassandra Cup, the latest Butch versus Gore event, one year in the making, uh, in more ways than one, and the show did not disappoint. It was a, a fun, outstanding uh, pro wrestling experience, and I am very happy to have um, as my guest this week the returning. Uh, DJ Accent Report, who was there doing commentary at the show, as well um, as you know being a, a very prevalent voice uh, within not just LGBTQ pro wrestling, but pro wrestling criticism in, in general right now. I always enjoy the chance to sit down and chat with Accent Report. Um, and we're going to get to that conversation here shortly, but I do want to touch on a couple of things before we get there. Um, because while today is about the Cassandra Cup, I do also want to uh, reach out and say thank you to everyone that um, had such positive responses um, after last week's episode. It was a very, very vulnerable episode for me, and um, you know some of the messages about my coming out on that episode that have been sent to me from, from listeners um, and all of the... The lovelies out there—it's been outstanding, and I'm just wanted to say I'm very, very appreciative, and I'm feeling very, very um, fulfilled in in, ha- in taking the, the the chance of putting myself out there in the way that I was last week. Um, y'all are the best. That being said. Um, Before we get to our conversation around the Cassandra Cup, there were a couple of things that did not come up in the conversation with D.J. Accent Report that I wanted to to touch on real quick regarding the Cassandra Cup. Um, Most notably, the um, appearance of one uh, mother, Faye Jackson, which uh, get well soon, Faye, by the way. Hopefully uh, the injury there is not too bad, um, crossing fingers and toes for you, but uh, I just wanted to point out real quick, I am here all day for the ultimate um, showdown between the Creep Squad and Wholesome Gang <laughs> that was set up there. Shug, I know been, Shug D was online uh, accepting the challenge at some point down the line, and we're going to get that battle uh, somewhere there. Also, if you have not checked out the Ashton Star documentary that was released on YouTube this past week, uh, Starfire, uh, definitely check that out. It It's an uh, amazing uh, watch. Ashton is very, very powerful in both um, telling his story and also having the vulnerability to, to talk about not just the good but also the, the bad and to see Ashton come out the other side as the such a strong personality and strong performer that he is in the ring that he showcased on Butch vs Gore, um, say Butch vs Gore, uh, the Cassandra Cup. Um, it's it's a, an awesome uh, watch and, and just one of those kind of stories that is very very endearing. And staying on that topic as well, we saw during the the Butch vs Gore event a trailer for a upcoming uh, look at. Cassius, past guest on this show, from over in the UK, and I have to tell you, um, I can't wait to see what IWTV and Riptide are cooking up when it comes to a profile of Cassius. He is a outstanding talent over there, such a bubbly personality, but can go in the ring too, um, and also has ties to um, Cassandra a little bit as well. So, um, yeah, it's just it's all around outstanding and i cannot wait to see what comes out of that uh hopefully we'll get a, a debut date here soon so yeah but um with all that out of the way though, i think those are the things the main things that we didn't touch on in our conversation but let's get to that conversation it's Cassandra cup week everybody here's me and dj accident report what's up guys gals and non-binary pals welcome back to lgbt in the ring and of course we have to talk about the Cassandra cup this week a stellar show that blew so many minds um coming out from uh, butch versus Score. and here with me to talk about that show is one of the voices you heard on that show um from the Nobodies, dj accident report how are you doing today
1: Hello, I'm doing okay. It's, it's, uh, what day of the week is it? It's Wednesday, my dudes. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just, it's just a Wednesday. I, f- I feel it. I feel like in the before times, I would be basking in an after show high, but we recorded the show like five months ago. So it doesn't feel, I don't feel that high anymore.
0: Well, that was going to be my first question, actually, is because like, we've had so many people that were at that show and participated in the show, like talk about, like allude to the show itself and like have this like very much a, a shroud of secrecy around everything, obviously obviously so what was it like for you coming out of the the taping back in January and and to see finally have the show showcase for everyone to see
1: it was yeah I mean it was it was pretty emotional like being reunited with everyone again um you know I had seen a lot of those people at Paris's bumping but that was also like six months before that so it's like you know, I was used to seeing a lot of these people two or three times a month, and now I'm only seeing them once every six months. So I the the recording itself was extremely emotional and and really heartwarming and really beautiful. Um, you know, I I, I had fun keying on Twitter with everyone, but it's it's not the same as a real show. So um yeah, it was it was I mean, it was really encouraging. It's really hard to get a sense of like, I felt the show was such a beautiful success and I felt like it conveyed what everything that that was in Billy's vision, but it's hard to get a sense of how people felt about it because not everyone tweets, you know, like we, everyone's in their weird little bubbles by themselves. So it's like, you know, I, I could watch the hashtag trending and that was so exciting, but I didn't know if people were actually watching it or enjoying it because it, like, I just don't know the scale of it in the same way. I'm still very, even though like, uh, we've been doing this bullshit pandemic thing for like a year. Like I'm still very much used to like being at a live show and being able to see a crowd's reaction. And so without that, I, I kind of didn't know how I felt about it when it was done airing. I mean, I was very happy because I think it was so beautiful, but it, I, it's not the same. Like I said, the, the post show high is not really the same.
0: Yeah, and that's something that I, when I spoke to Erica Lee a couple of weeks back, like something that she brought up was like, you know, the atmosphere around the first Butch versus Score show was like so electric with totally. everybody packed into that building at DC Brow. And to have such a different approach for the next Butch versus Score event with being like no crowd, very quiet, but, but still very exciting in a way. The response online for, for me was was really kind of a gauging factor for a lot of things like you said like it got up to like i think at the highest it was number five in the nation trending on twitter which
1: is crazy it's crazy it doesn't make any sense to me but i'm i'm so glad
0: oh yeah and then i think earlier today billy came out and said that like you know jerry over at, at iwtv said that it was one of if not the largest like audience for a for a live premiere on the platform Right. I
1: mean, it's kind of (laughs) like, I kind of get to have my like little, I told you so victory lap because like, I've been sitting here for what, five years being like, look, the, the gays got dollars, baby. Like we, we have spending power, we have disposable income, we have time. And like, why are people not marketing to them? It's a huge missed marketing opportunity. And then now five years later, these LGBT shows are coming out and big surprise, They do really well. So I'm just like sitting here. I'm like, all right, all of you idiots who aren't on this are just losing money, but you know, homophobia, I guess really is impacting their pockets too. So their loss.
0: It definitely seems that way. (laughs) No, but, um, real quick before we get into the show proper i'm just curious like you know with you being at the taping and having to sit on this for months like what was the thing that you were most excited to like see how people responded to or what was the hardest thing for you to like not talk about coming out of the the taping edith winning edith (laughs) winning
1: by far because um when billy told me the idea i was like still life should win Like that was like literally. Billy was like, "I'm gonna do an eight-person single elimination tournament," and like I was like, "Oh, still life should be the winner." Like in my head, and I didn't say that to Billy because it's Billy's art, it's Billy's vision, and I don't, I don't. That's that's not my that's not my place. That's not my place. The single thing Billy did was what I would have done in my brain. So like it was really really hard to just be like, "I know the results, and I want to share it," and I, I felt like they her winning was so the right choice and I, I just couldn't talk about it with anyone, especially including Edith because Edith did not know she was winning until the day of. So like Billy had sent me the, the rundown of the show um, like two or three weeks before the show was taping and I like was able to study it and learn all the storylines and whatever, but Edith didn't know. So I almost spoiled it to her several times. And oh, like, no. <laughs> so that was really hard to sit on. But the, the whole thing was, I mean, the the list of competitors sitting on that was really hard you know like the day of i was taking photos with everyone just like hanging out and like i couldn't share them you know like it was it was a lot it was but it, definitely edith winning was the one where i was just like oh my god like people are gonna gag <laughs>
0: Well, I mean, that's a perfect segue into talking about the tournament itself because, like, while there were other matches on the show, and we'll get to those matches as well, the star of the show was the Cassandra Cup tournament, Um, a tournament that ended up being seven person um, due to. The situation with uh, Joshua Wavera, but um, a, a tournament that delivered completely. Um, of course, Edith Surreal uh, winning the Cassandra Cup in a stellar final against Ashton Starr. Who honestly, like I loved Edith in, in the in every match that she was in in the tournament. Ashton Starr was the MVP of this tournament to me. Um, which mm, personally mm. Like it's just one of those things where, like, every time Ashton shows up to a major event like this, um, he shows out every time, and like it's I don't and know that he it's,
1: gets he's he I've seen Ashton I think the first time I saw Ashton was like at one of the A Matter of Pride shows many years ago and he was very impressive then he gets better and better and better and better and better like yes. every single time I see him he's stronger he's capable of doing moves he wasn't able to do before and he's, he's more fluid he has a better understanding of in ring psychology he's just so talented in that way.
0: Exactly. Like, I love the opening match with him and Jared. Like, just the trash talk back and forth, along with just how hard-hitting that match was. was just beautiful. The trash talk all night, honestly, personally, was really great. <laughs> uh, that's the one was, benefit to not having of those a things, crowd.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, but on the other hand, it would have been funny to have a crowd to kind of react to the trash talking, too, yes. you know? Like, I don't know. I mean, I think it, it, there was something the lack of crowd conveyed a seriousness to the event, which I thought was cool, but also like, I, I still obviously wish there was a crowd. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think the other yeah. thing is like, the, uh, the other thing that I kept thinking about when I was watching it was like, when I'm doing commentary, I, I guess like I'm so focused on paying attention to being able to say out loud the moves of the match or the beats of the match or the storyline notes of the match that like I'm not like I am of course watching but like I'm not watching watching so then watching it at home I was like damn these matches are like so good in a way that I couldn't process while I was doing commentary because I was so paying attention to what I had to say and what was going on so it, it was really fun to re-watch it especially with like camera work because when you're sitting on a commentary table it's obviously one stationary angle so I couldn't even see a lot of the moves that were happening I couldn't see a lot of things, but it was, everyone was even better than I thought they were.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, every match impressed. Like I, and every match was a little bit different. Like I, I loved Killian and Molly just, just ham fisting each other. Um, Erica and um and this opening round match was really interesting because like it seemed like you got a little bit more of a serious side to Erica in that match than you're nor- than you're used to seeing but also like vague, like little elements of Donnorama in there a little bit too. Mm-hmm. So like it was just a uh, fun to see different sides of people going in like and of course I'm always here for the like Atlanta match with AC and Ashton like that was just great for for a second round match there.
1: Who, st- the who- Erica match was was so cool Because Erica is like a technical master, like, and to see her and Edith do like a like a mat wrestling, like a good three minutes of that match is them mat wrestling, and I was like, and and you don't get to see that because, of course, like as was the whole thesis of the Cassandra Cup, like usually when someone like Erica gets booked in something or even still life slash Edith like sometimes they have to play up their character a lot more and you don't get to see their technical proficiency and skill so that was what was so like that's why the Cassandra cup works so well is that you get to see the technical mastery of a lot of these competitors when that doesn't usually get to get showcased because so often these these lgbt performers are, are doing character work which is they're all good at too
0: yeah and i think you brought it up multiple times on commentary during the show about like the 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 history of you know matches that did feature lgbtq talent like where it was played for humor or or like you said much more like based on character work rather than technical wrestling skill and we've seen a transition yeah, character
1: work is like a generous way of putting it i mean <laughs> yes. like more often than not in the history of wrestling when there was a queer person they were the joke they they were the joke character yes they were like the serve bot on the mortal of the, the Marvel versus Capcom character select screen. You know, like they were they were not the the chances of them
0: winning were non-existent. Mm-hmm. And this tournament completely turned that on its head in in a lot of ways. And it continues a trend that we've seen over the past year. Like that still life Erica match really made me go back and think about still life and dark chic at the big day brunch um, as like another match where it's like character is there, but it is a technical wrestling showcase and they Mm -hmm. blew it out of the water. In, in that instance mm-hmm. too so it only makes sense that you would have that carry over into an event like this especially considering like the wrestling pedigree that you got from the first birch versus gore carrying into this into the show as well mm-hmm. um real quick let's talk a little bit about the name of the tournament, the Cassandra cup because obviously the tournament named in honor of the lucha libre legend uh cassandro um and I know that you had a very special job as well protecting that nice trophy. Um, of all the commentary, very was. frightening,
1: very frightening. <laughs> I, I, like, I, I think people think I was joking, but I was actually my heart was pounding during that moment because I was like, if so, there, if someone slips even a little, this trophy is shattered.
0: <laughs> what do you feel? Um, and this could be personal for you. Um, what, what do you feel was the the, the significance of having Cassandra's name on on this tournament and having the chance to celebrate his legacy. Um, I mean,
1: well, let, let me transition this into a plug. Um, I actually I wrote an essay about um, the meaning of Cassandra for LGBT people and the sacrifices that he made for the LGBT community. Um, it is currently available in a limited edition zine made by me, Sophia. Billy and Edith that is uh, available on Edith's uh, merch website. Um, and uh, th- all of the, the proceeds that we raise from selling that zine will go to Glitz, which is a organization providing housing and healthcare for transgender people. So um, go buy that and then read my essay about the meeting of Cassandra. But um, the, the, what I will say in a non-essay format is basically that like, you know, the idea that LGBT people were always considered jokes in pro wrestling um, and were not taken seriously, Cassandro is the first LGBT person to defy that. So in pro wrestling, you know, there, there was a Pat Patterson. He was not out at the time. There was a Chris Canyon. He was not out at the time. Cassandra was doing this way before all of these other people. And so Cassandra was getting in there and as an exotico, he was doing spots where he would kiss his opponents and it would be kind of humiliating for the opponent. But something shifted because Cassandra was not only so good in the ring, but also so charismatic that he, he started being viewed as a legitimate competitor and actually won several belts, was fighting for heavyweight championships throughout his career and really considered a serious competitor. And he is the first person to do that. So the name of the show really honors that legacy of like, we are not the joke characters anymore like we are not uh we might have spots that are silly you know the devon twerking in mb's face is one of those spots that it's it's a silly exotico spot but it was in the midst of a serious match where both competitors are evenly matched and showing their wrestling skills so so cassandra is really just the icon of of this movement who was doing this decades before it was it was even considered fathomable in the in the united states at least um and also, you know, like Cassandro is a really spiritual person, and I think you can see that in his wrestling—not not just in like a sort of effervescent way—but there's something really magical about um, watching a Cassandro match, his new, his more recent matches or his older matches, and and you can really see that the sacrifices that he made have been turned into a kind of like holy understanding of this art form, and and I am not a spiritual person, but. Something, talking to Cassandra, I, I felt a sort of spiritual connection to this person, who who really did sacrifice their life, almost died several times in homophobic attacks. Um, they they could have been killed several times throughout their career just for being an openly gay person in this industry, and he survived it, and he's still here, and he's still doing it. So so I think there's a lot of meaning in in that name, and I think Billy really really thought hard about that choice when he picked that name, and you know, I, I, one of the greatest honors of my life was being able to interview Cassandro and, and I will never forget that, that phone call. I wish it was in person, but um, someday I hope to meet him and, and really be able to thank him. But I also might just be a blubbery mess in that moment.
0: (laughs) I don't think anybody would blame you. I certainly wouldn't blame you. I think I would End up in the same state if I ever did actually meet Cassandra in person. Uh, for for me, like all those points are very much on on brand for for why Cassandra's legacy means so much and why Cassandra is such a endearing figure for not just LGBTQ pro wrestling but pro wrestling in general. Um, for me, like a lot of the the naming of the tournament does kind of embody Cassandra's approach now um, to pro wrestling where. You know, a lot of his legacy now is continuing to pay what he learned and his knowledge and his spirit forward into the next generation of people. You know, I, I don't want to keep going back to the big A brunch, but that match with sunny Kiss at that show like had so much emotion tied into it. And you could see it on both of them at the end of it. Um, and I think like naming this tournament after Cassandro kind of whenever he can't be there in person for it is one of those things that kind of puts that that spirit into play for so many many other people that are going to be either participating in the show or watching the show so like it was just amazing all around to see
1: yeah I mean the thing that Cassandra really emphasized to me when I did interview him was that like yes there are are gay wrestlers and yes there will always maybe not always there will for a long time be a challenge in taking these people seriously so you just always have to show them how good you are and that was his lesson of like you just have to be better than everybody and turns out lgbt people are pretty good at being better than everyone <laughs> i mean
0: you're not wrong <laughs> um so of course we have our winner either surreal moving on to the iwtv family reunion down in tampa on mania weekend uh to face the iwtv champion lee moriarty In a match we saw at enjoy wrestling a few weeks back which was an outstanding match what are you looking forward to with that match um coming up in a couple weeks
1: i must admit i don't know much about lee moriarty i mean i've seen a match of his here and there um so i i would just be interested because edith's a really tough competitor edith knows lucha libre moves edith is tall and lanky and can get out of pretty much any submission Edith um, can put any like like I was saying in her like especially in that match with um, Ashton at the end like Edith's submissions are eight submissions at once so it's always fun to watch someone try and figure out how to counter her sort of logic and and unique set of moves so I think that'll be really interesting um, I like I I wouldn't be able to tell you what kind of style Lee wrestles in Do you, so I, I don't know. You tell me.
0: Oh, no worries. Lee is very much a technical wrestler at at his heart. Um, And like it's very Matt-based for the most part, very um, submission-based. A little bit of Jonathan Gresham mixed with a little bit of Lucha Libre influence as well. It's very much a similar style to Edith in a lot of ways, just Mm. he doesn't have the length that Edith does. So Mm. it's one of those things where I think this will be a great Matt wrestling match, a great technical wrestling match, a lot of counters, a lot of submissions um I, th- I believe that lee actually beat edith in that match and enjoy with like a risk control roll-up so it's one wow. of those th- yeah so it's one of those things where i think they both of their styles mesh really really well together and i think that anybody who hasn't seen edith uh, that is an iwtv viewer are going to be in for a big surprise with this match coming up on the 8th of april
1: Cool, I'm excited. <laughs> it, it, you know what excited me the most was that Lee was excited about. Yes, because I, like you could, I could, you could easily see like you know like a IWTV champion like not to you know blow smoke up Jerry's ass, but that's like a relatively prestigious. Some really great people in the past have held that title, so you could see Lee being like like okay, this you know queer cop, who the fuck cares? But he seems really genuinely excited to gets to fight her again
0: oh definitely definitely i mean i think that they have i don't know what what their relationship like personally is like but like it's a battle of pennsylvania i mean it's philly versus pittsburgh like there's Mm -hmm. already some some heat there and they're both Mm -hmm. like gifted technical wrestlers i think it'll be a stellar matchup there and i'm glad that lee is excited because like everybody everyone that i've spoken to about it is really excited for it too Mm -hmm. um but um, moving on, we did have other matches on this tournament, on this uh, show, other than the tournament. Um, I want to save Billy's for a little bit later because that was a whole journey of a match there with Billy and Darius Carter. Um, but we did see the Kings of the District return uh, for the first time since uh, GCW Fight Forever and take on the team of Bussy, Effie, and Alley Cat. Which mm-hmm. I'm I'm with Effie in that I'm glad that we had a graphic with just the word "bussy" just plastered all over uh, everything. I
1: truly was just like, "Am I? Are you really going to make me say this? Like, I like <laughs> this is not appropriate. Like, I thought we were supposed to be PG-13. I don't know. I do. I I, I asked it on the show. Do straight people know what that means? Like, I don't. Whatever. Whatever. Point is, it was it was actually one of the most fun matches on the card. I was I had so much fun watching it, and like me and Effie always joke that like Effie's I'm like Effie, you're in a tag match. Does that mean you're going to prance around the ring three times and then tag out? Because Effie can be uh, a little goofy and a little silly, but uh, Miss Effie put in the work on that one, and and um, him and Allie worked really well together as a tag team, and it was really fun to watch. Obviously, Jordan and Eel. Are just so incredibly technically proficient, and so, Eel is so charismatic. Jordan is really frightening in the ring. Um, so it was it was such a funny clash of styles. It was such a it was such a fun match to watch. Um, this Eel definitely showed a new side of himself. This sort of like deranged character that he was doing. Like <laughs> I don't I don't know if this is like a, obviously I'm like breaking kayfabe all the time on this show already, but like Eel is like a total fucking sweetheart out of the ring and then like he really got in there and I was like oh my god who the fuck is this person like it was it was like a new side and he played that character this sort of like psychopath you know anime character like really well the red scarf on the green outfit is also like a good graphic detail it looked great.
0: Oh, for sure. For sure. I've really liked his like move away from like electric Eel O'Neill to this African-American horror story, Eel O'Neill. It's, it's like, and I know that there's still elements of both that go back and forth. Like he's very much can be an enigma at times out in the ring, like outside of the ring, I'm with you. Like he, I've had a couple of interactions with Eel and he's just a sweetheart, but yeah, like there's just a new intensity to him. And I like, I really enjoyed this. Like Effie, like getting getting the heat and getting the hot tag to Ali and Ali just wrecking house um in there um I was a little bit surprised that Kings of the District went over in a way but I don't know (laughs) also at the same time like Jordan and Eel are legit and and knowing what came later on in the show like obviously like that was that that made complete sense in a lot of ways
1: yeah, I mean, look, Effie is probably one of the most charismatic wrestlers on the indie scene, probably one of the most talented wrestlers on the indie scene, but he, uh, in kayfabe and out of kayfabe, doesn't always take things seriously, so <laughs> every time he loses, I'm just like, Effie, what is your win-loss record? Like, how many times did you win this last year? And he's like, two? I don't know. He's like, I'm the most over person who never wins, and I'm like, probably true.
0: I was going to say, I did like you pointing out that his win-loss record is, like...
1: Abysmal. So, yes. <laughs> Abysmal.
0: No, but yeah, the, the the tag match was great. I really enjoyed it. I'm glad to see Jordan Neal teaming more. Hopefully, we'll see more of them coming up in the near future. And um, talk about a
1: tag team that loves each other. They oh love each other. I mean, Ali and Effie obviously also love each other. I, I, I can't even... I, I feel like I just want to, like, compliment everyone Allie is like looking better than she's ever looked and I don't mean like physically I mean like her in-ring work is incredible these days she's so smooth every move is so crisp she's just excellent
0: yeah it's like it's not that that it's like she's found a new intensity level or anything it's just like it seems to be more on display rather
1: you can tell she's just more comfortable with herself and happier
0: oh for sure for sure um Speaking of someone who's definitely um, uh, confident in themselves, Envy Young and Devon Monroe in the battle for Butch versus Gore's sexiest. Um,
1: <laughs> what do you want me to say? What do you want me to say? What are you gearing me up to say here? I'm just, <laughs> I
0: know that you have uh, referred to MV Young many, many times passes your, i was it, your uh, petulant stepchild or something like that? Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> Sometimes when I hang out with Envy, I'm like, am I babysitting right now? I've never met someone within a shorter attention span. It's fine. I mean, look, Envy Young is easily one of the best, uh, again, one of the the best talents on the Indies. He looks like a star in every single match. He has such a mastery of wrestling as an art form. You know, I just wish he uh, could eat a slice of humble pie every now and then. (laughs) And, And like Devon is the exact opposite where Devon is like so charismatic and so sweet and so charming and then you talk to him backstage and he's just like a little quiet and a little not mousy but like just more reserved and it's like it's it's one of those performers that just like he just comes alive when he like comes through that curtain.
0: Oh, for sure, and and he definitely came alive in this match as well as MV. Like it was just back and forth. Like you said, like there was little moments there of like character work, but for the most part, this was just hard-hitting technical stuff. Devon had his his lucha libre influence in there. MV with his striking um, was outstanding. Um, all around, uh, another fun match on this card. I don't. I, I'm going to be saying that a lot because like every match on this card was great.
1: But, there wasn't a single bad match. <laughs> exactly, exactly.
0: Fact. But I'm just glad to see, like, I'm, I was glad to see Devon again. Like, I know he's been doing some stuff at No Peace um, and another place I you know first wrestling over in, in his uh, neck of the woods in Minnesota, but I was really happy to see that that he got back on the Butch versus Score card, and, like, this match was just, I don't know, it was really, really good.
1: <laughs> I feel like it would be so easy if you were being close-minded to underestimate Devon, too, because, like, the gimmick is so fun and good, and he's so good at it. But then, like I, I've watched some of his no piece death matches, and this is just a like a trope of death matches. They they can sometimes be a little sillier. They can be a little more character worky. There isn't a real ring necessarily, so that you can't do a lot of the moves that you would normally do. The spacing is harder to figure out, so it's harder to do some of the more complicated moves. But then when you get him in a ring and put him in a I don't want to say a real wrestling match. I think I said that on commentary, though. But you know, you get him in a more technical wrestling match, and he can go. He can hang out with anyone. He's just as good as anyone else on the card.
0: No, definitely. And even in that deathmatch setting, like you have, obviously, you have to like acclimate to whatever you're in. Like you're saying, and at No Peace, whether they have no ring, um, like I remember his match with Keita Murray down there. Like it was very much a story driven thing in a lot of ways just simply built around like to wanting a kiss and like yeah like and it worked out really really well like they both like worked that story uh, amazingly but at the same time like had some fits of athleticism in there as well so it just speaks it's more because to... like
1: death matches are weirdly more accessible to non-wrestling fans in that way because it's not about technical prowess it's so much more about telling a story and so Devon is obviously good at both but I think Devon really shines in more technical or technical or you know uh traditional matches.
0: Oh I mean for sure like his his um, his move set and his style is more um like I think acclimated to that to that style but it just shows like how um lord the the word is escaping me. Um how adaptable he is. And you know same for MV cuz like I mean we're talking about Devon being in death matches like MV like how many no ring death matches has he done at this point? Right, so. nine million, yeah.
1: <laughs> Although, like, MV style is a little bit, it makes more sense in a death match because yes. MV is just like kicking and punching and suplexing and whatever
0: and people. I mean, this finisher but... is called Kill the Rich. Like, let's be real. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, what no. other,
1: like, leftist, tender, queer slogans can he turn into, like, <laughs> move names? <laughs> it's so corny to me. No shade, but all shade. <laughs>
0: You can find them on Twitter at band, and you can check out their music on both Spotify and Bandcamp at sarahinthesafeword.bandcamp.com. Um, Check out independentwrestling.tv for the best in current and classic independent pro wrestling, including live events from top independent promotions worldwide. Uh, You can use our promo code LGBTRingPod or visit tinyurl.com slash IWTVLGBT and get a five-day free trial and peruse their entire library uh, over there at independentwrestling.tv. Once again, promo code LGBTRingPod or go to tinyurl.com slash IWTVLGBT. You can get five days free. Check out that service. Uh, you can follow the show on Twitter at LGBT Ringpod. You can follow me on Twitter at WonderboyOTM. And if you're into video games, definitely check out my video game news show Uh, Well, speaking of shade, you're giving me all these great transition points. The Britney Spears Invitational. Oh, my God.
1: (laughs) Where do we even begin? It was so, it was such a carry. Um, Oh, my God. First of all, Eddie is my favorite person in the entire world. Um, Eddie's entrance is my favorite entrance in all of pro wrestling. Um, No one believes in the fantasy of wrestling harder than Eddie McQueen. And, um, yeah uh i'm just gonna go through it real fast i mean brooke um (laughs) i love anyone who can throw like a shoot punch like brooke's punches she would do these kinds of wind up punches and uh, the the noise was just so beautiful so brooke really won me over in that match i never met her before total sweetheart total professional um (laughs) Corinne obviously is so powerful she needed six people to take her down Corinne is also one of the most charismatic people in the entire world Um, Ariella it was so great to see her again I really miss Ariella I know she's only in the Bronx and I could hop on a one train and go hang out with her but that is quite a journey Um, who else was in there oh Russell who wound up being the the unlikely fan favorite of the match from what I could tell on Twitter because Russell was just like (laughs) so screaming these like absurd like i forgot i was in a wrestling match moments i don't everyone was so good who am i missing i'm missing someone no
0: i think that because there are five so i think that that's yeah. all of them yeah and like i think it makes sense that russell was a bit of the star of this match because like let's be real this match doesn't happen without russell and jared last year right yeah, so like that, like it's very much like a year in the making, like a history lesson, a little bit in the short history of Butch versus Gore, with this, uh, with this match taking place, and like I was so happy to see Brooke Valentine on this card because like she is someone who like especially within like the LGBTQ circles of pro wrestling doesn't always get a ton of play, whether it be because she's in the Midwest or because like she, she just doesn't get thought about as much. But she is so good, so talented. She showed out. She showed out. She proved herself. She definitely did. And
1: everyone, she's a younger performer, and that's clear, not in a shady way, like she's just younger, but everyone all night that night was talking about how she was like such a standout. (laughs) I'll tell you some real tea is that um, Jerry, who runs IWTV, is like very stone-faced, not impressed by much. Um, does not crack a laugh very often. Not a very smiley guy. Very nice. Um, but but I and I could watch the moment sort of like uh, happening as it happened when Butch versus Gore happened in uh last year when two people came out to Britney Spears' move music. That is when Jerry lost his shit, and I have never. <laughs> Seen him like giggle like that in my life and I think that was the moment where we were like okay so this match is kind of for everyone but it's definitely mostly for Jerry
0: <laughs> I, I absolutely love that story <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm sure he must he have just got thought a it kick was kick- so <laughs> funny I, like,
1: and not even in a homophobic way of like all oh, these faggots coming out to Britney Spears <laughs> like in a like totally like yes Britney yes <laughs>
0: <laughs> he must have definitely got a kick out of this match
1: then um, <laughs> yeah, I think so. He was he was somewhere else, not near us this time. So I didn't get to see his ah. face
0: during this. But. <laughs> no, but like the, the match itself was like really, really entertaining. I love Corinne so much. I'm, I'm bummed that she's retiring at the end of the year, but I completely understand that, you know, she has a different life journey to take post-wrestling. But it was just so uh, outstanding to see her and Ariella back in the ring for the first time in a while. Um, and of course, Eddie. Eddie and Russell, I think were like the two other than like, Brooke was the physical standout. Eddie and Russell were the vocal standouts in this match, which kind of always happens with Eddie, whatever, whatever he's in a match. Like he, he just has some of the best one-liners, the best reactions um, in matches. And Russell, I can't think of like Russell, to my understanding, this was his first time back in the ring since the pandemic hit and for him to have that long of a layoff and to keep ready and to be ready to get back into this thing and have the character so on point in, in the ring was just amazing to see. And I'm very glad that he's like making the move to to Pittsburgh and kind of getting back into the into more into the East Coast, um, Northeast scene there, because like he he is a, he's a star, personally.
1: Totally, totally, totally.
0: Yeah. Um, I am a little bummed that... that I'm glad Jared was in the tournament, but I am a little bummed that we didn't actually get to see the Jared and Russell showdown.
1: Totally, yeah. Well, you know, there's always... Uh, Paris is bumping, too. It's coming, so we'll, yes. we'll see. <laughs> I don't know what category they would walk in. Butch Queen, I guess, right? Uh,
0: yeah, I can see it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like, that actually brings us to our the last match the co-main event of the show um billy dixon and darius carter two out of three falls for the chocolate city championship um of course they 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 clashed at paris's bumping in one of the more emotional matches that i've seen in a while um i know they had a match at pro wrestling magic so this was like a rubber match for them and this felt like they went back and watched the paris's bumping match and just wanted to up the um, brutality of it in a way and bump the emotional capacity of it. What was it like for you um, being on the call there and being in the building to watch the like Darius just continually beat down Billy until the, the end of the match there?
1: Well, let, let me again refer to how frightened I was of uh, like two seconds before the match, they were like, you're in charge of making sure the cup doesn't get destroyed. I was like, uh, can Scotty do it? And Scotty was like, I am on a lot of drugs right now. Absolutely not. And I was like, <laughs> hey, great. This is my responsibility now. Um, so that was my predominant uh, concern throughout the match. Um, you know, I the match at Paris' bumping was really difficult to watch. The match at um, Cassandra Cup was even harder to watch, I, I, every match was in the Cassandra Cup was really fun and interesting, but I, I think what's so amazing about that show was that it was a full span of emotions because there was a lot of pain and, and I don't mean physical pain, it was, you could watch like the emotional pain and the emotional drama of that match and I, I don't think, I have a personal interest in, in art that is about suffering and pain. I, that's like, if you've ever read my writing, that's like sort of why I'm interested in art. So seeing something that physically made me sort of nauseous and, and like, I, there was a few times where I really did, I was just like, this is too long. And like, I just like, I'm uncomfortable, but like, you know, not all art is about making people feel good. So I, I think it was an important sort of thing to explore in the context of this show of like, what does pain look like? What does suffering look like? And, and I, I found it fascinating, but it, it was really difficult to sit through. It really was. And, and like, you know, this is, that's me both in and out of kayfabe. Like it, it was, the noises Billy was making were nauseating, nauseating. Yeah. I, I thought I like I was going to throw up. Like it was, it was disgusting. And, and, you know, like, so I, I found it hard, but in a, in a really intellectually fascinating way.
0: Yeah. And I think that like that. Trends with a lot of your writing and and kind of your some of your comments that you've made around like pro wrestling as an art form, in a lot of ways, because like I think a lot of the reason like let's face it, we get into pro wrestling because like there is like some um, desire to see these sort of these these physical meetings play out into like moments of emotion and moments of triumph, moments of um, of glory in a lot of ways, but. And I think Billy and Darius leaned very, very, very hard into, like, making people feel uncomfortable watching this, um, which is, I honestly, like, I am with you in that I was like starting to feel affected <laughs> while watching it, but at the same time, like, seeing where it ended up with Billy like triumphing, um, it spoke to like that moment of where like you know Billy proved that he can persevere through this. Um, obviously, that that moment didn't last long as we had the formation of the now known as the best business bureau after that cease and desist that they got from the better business. I wanted bureau. to see
1: this cease and desist. I'm like upset <laughs> that no one scanned it in, but yeah. yeah. Darius is still literally, and like the thing about Darius is Darius is like talking about in and out of kayfabe. Darius is like. <laughs> I don't know if he knows the difference between kayfabe and non-kayfabe sometimes where he's yelling at me and i'm like sis you lost like get over it and he's like i did not lose like i had my shoulder up the ref didn't see it and i'm like girl like <laughs> get a grip um so it, it there, like the the formation of the the new faction is is going to be interesting to see play out because i think darius might not realize that this is a show <laughs> like <laughs> i think he thinks he actually is in charge of these people sometimes i don't know we'll find out
0: it certainly seems that way you know he's he's aligned himself with a, a lot of bruisers in jordan blade eel O'Neill, molly mccoy and killian mcmurphy which uh, another low-key mvp of the show for me is killian like just
1: yeah we you know, barely even talked about killian i but know like, what
0: a fucking star oh my god we like he has had such an amazing like 2020 in- into 2021 um and like the thing is like he was already doing this for years before this just like it's finally like took like i don't know if it was being on butch versus Score or the camp leapfrog stuff but people are taking notice now and the goon squad is for real um killian is outstanding and i just i want i did want to take a minute there because like Killian just screaming shooter is enough to, like, get an an, an obscene amount of uh, response from an audience and an amount of heat before he even tries to start, like, doing, actually implementing his hard-hitting style and his technical style. So, like, it's just, I don't know. Killian was so good and is a perfect um, sidekick to Darius, in my opinion, (laughs) coming out of this
1: the moment killian was doing his promo before the show and he said i don't know who cassandra is i was like (laughs) killian is the star of the show like killian is the antagonist of the cassandra cup it's perfect Uh um he's he's a really good promo and a really good wrestler so i i can't wait to see where he goes he's really annoying and i i really don't understand the sonic obsession but i don't know (laughs)
0: No, i I had a similar moment in that in inter- the the promo uh prior to the tournament where like he basically like tells Sam LaTurna to leave by telling her like like straight people get out and it was just like just so good
1: perfect yeah, so
0: good. <laughs> So coming, o- coming out of this, the show overall, how do you think it lived up to um, the Butch versus Gore name? Like considering the success of the first show, where do you think Cassandra Cup plans um, in the minds of LGBTQ wrestling fans?
1: You know, I was having this real thought that like for the first time in the history of wrestling, there is there is a real roster of, like, we could make an all LGBT federation at this point. And there would be heels, faces, tweeners, managers, you know, commentary people. Like it, it, there is a whole universe of this now that if you don't like watching straight people wrestle, you actually just don't even have to. There's enough queer content out there now. And that was not the case like three years ago between Uncanny Attractions and Battle Club and uh, Butch versus Gore and the Cassandra Cop and Paris is Bumping and Effie's Gay Brunch. Like you actually, there's enough that you don't even need to interact with cis straight people anymore if you don't want to and so there there's a whole universe now and i that did not exist until recently so in that sense it's like the the legacy of butch gore and how cassandra cup fits into it is that there is literally an entire alternate lgbt scene that just like did not exist until three years ago
0: yeah and it makes sense now with the announcement of uh Billy and Effie's uh high school reunion rumble that's coming up in 2022. Like it Which was always only...
1: better be doing commentary on
0: <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. I need to get this vaccine so that I can be there and, and in person for that show because that is what I'm I am here for a queer wrestling rumble. Um yeah,
1: it'll be really cool. Even if I'm not on commentary, it'll be
0: really cool. <laughs> well, I certainly hope you are on commentary. And, Thank I, you. and and I do appreciate you taking the time today to sit down and chat with me a little bit about the Gazandro Cup accident report let everybody know where they can find you online and, and read your your projects
1: thank you um, you can find me online most importantly at patreon.com slash the nobodies where you can support the nobodies with money um, you can find me on twitter at eric um, that's where i'll post links to most of my writing i have a sub stack which is only fans for writers um, it's substack.judgment.com or judgment.substack.com I can't remember which it is if you find me on Twitter you'll find it um, there's a lot of writing about wrestling on there um, and yeah Uh I think that's it. I'm probably forgetting something. You could also check out The Nobodies, which is uh, an avant-garde performance troupe of which I am a founding member on youtube.com slash the nobodies slash the nobodies NYC, one of those, um, and watch our show, which should be coming back in the next few months in a new and improved format, let's say.
0: Awesome, that's awesome to hear. And real quick, I'll give the URL for the zine too. Um, you can find that at ethesurreal.bigcartel.com if you wanted to pick that Amazing. up. Amazing. Yes. Yes, and a reminder
1: that that um, every single purchase, the the profits are going towards a trans charity. So um, if you think it's overpriced, uh, deal with it. <laughs> well, thank, you so much, <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you. I'll talk to you soon. Have a good evening.
0: You too. Take care. My thanks once again to DJ Accent Report for coming on the show and giving us a bit of an inside, an insider's outlook on the Cassandra Cup, as well as the outsider's outlook, the, the, criti- the critical outlook um, all around. I honestly uh, second his feelings around just the sheer amount of out-LGBTQ talent and what that entails for pro wrestling going forward, the kind of events that we can run. Um, The kind of um, structuring that we can do and the audiences that pro wrestling as a whole can reach out to. It's it's an amazing moment to be living in and to watch evolve. You know, it's evolved so much and it's going to continue to evolve and we're going to be here for all of it. Um, But that is going to do it for us here this week. Make sure you go pick up your copy of the zine, too. Um, that is for a very, very good cause. And I know that copies are limited, so <laughs> pick that up whenever you can over at Um But yeah, we'll be back next week. Uh, and then uh, I believe uh, the week after that we have WrestleMania coming up. So we got a lot of stuff in store, a lot of stuff for the rest of April here. And by the way, also, real quick, I just want to take a moment. Uh, I'm recording this on Wednesday, so happy Trans Day of Visibility to all of you. Protect trans kids. Protect trans adults. Protect, protect all trans, non-binary, queer identities. Um, not just today, and don't just voice it on today. And if you're an ally, make sure that you do not remain silent. Your voice matters in this, too. It really, really does. So, until next week, y'all stay messy. Wash your hands. Wear your mask. And happy birthday, Elm. Bye!
1: the top of the bridge She made a deal with the demon So a lover can live For the moon is high And the devil is shy, It's the formula 666
0: six, six.